Hi, I'm Barry Pilling. I'm the Being Human blog editor, and you are listening to the fantastic Being Human cast. It's Lisa, back with another chapter of Kinky Claus's Being Human fanfic. I've got just a few news items to cover, and then we'll get into the next chapter. So, the Becoming Human finale aired simultaneously online and on BBC Three Sunday night. I'm not quite sure how it went over. I've been seeing mixed reviews here in the U.S. So, those of you in the U.K., why don't you sound off on the comments section and let us know what you thought of how it ended, or your thoughts on the web series in general. Do you think it's good enough on its own to warrant a spin-off TV show? Because that's what they're talking about. In other news, Sci-Fi has announced it will renew the U.S. or North American version of Being Human for a second season. However, the announcement did not include the number of episodes ordered or when the second season will air. Since its January 17th launch, new episodes of Being Human have averaged 1.8 million viewers, making it Sci-Fi's most successful winter season scripted series in six years. I think I actually read somewhere that it was the most successful winter season premiere since Battlestar Galactica. Sci-Fi also reports that 53% of those 1.8 million viewers are women, making Being Human Sci-Fi's most female-skewing scripted show ever. The 13-episode first season of Sci-Fi's Being Human will conclude on April 11th. In addition, BBC Three has confirmed that a fourth season of the UK version of Being Human has been greenlit and will deal with the aftermath of events in this past week's finale. No spoilers for those of us in the US still catching up. The eight-episode season will shoot later this year for airing in 2012. We'll have the link to Barry Pilling's BBC Being Human blog article about the fourth season pickup in the show notes, but please be warned that it's very spoilery for the season finale, so if you want to stay spoiler-free, you should probably steer clear of that article, or really the BBC Being Human blog in general, until after the season finishes airing in the U.S. There's tons of spoilery information up there following last week's season finale in the U.K., so fair warning to you spoiler-phobes. Okay, just one more thing before we get into this week's chapter. I want to play you another promo for the awesomely amazing Doctor Who podcast I learned about at Gallifrey One, the Oodcast. Next year on the Oodcast. I think I've lost my voice. What? Wait, how did you just say that if you've lost your voice? Sign language. Do you know, I was amazed that they got away with making Ripper Song the Rani. Watch out, that script's about to explode. Never mind. I just don't love you anymore. That library and swimming pool in the TARDIS, wasn't it good? Screw Blu-ray. Just injected into my veins. He's a near immortal. He walks in eternity. He's fire and ice and lukewarm water. Flatterer. And now for our new feature, Andrew's Semaphore Flappatron. No! Don't adjust the signal. Don't click stop on your iPod. Either that wallpaper goes or I do. Neil Gaiman, Schmiel Schmeyman. It is understandable you should feel guilty about that. The resulting struggle between the ego and the super ego made your mind construct a reality where you were punishing yourself. Hello, Wembley! 
Come on, Andy, let's get you home. You have a cup of tea and then he tells you you've landed before you even have a chance to dunk your bourbon. This is where the theme music really kicks in. There's a tale told by angels and dreamers. Turn left. Turn left. A fable in fragmented moments and supernovas. The first podcast recorded entirely on a plane. It starts as the universe winks into existence and ends as the last embers of eternity burn into nothingness. I I can't say this rubbish. And in between there's robots and sunsets, aliens with the power of gods and gods with the face of men. Told you we'd find a piece of Earth history. Here we are. Killer clowns, subterranean worlds, impossible planets and tin pot tyrants. That's a roll of 17 against perception. You failed to notice anything out of the ordinary. Think you know the Doctor? Think you know what a podcast can achieve? Follow Follow me. me. In a world without the old God. Oh dear, I can't do it. And now, Chapter 8 of Kinky Claus's Being Human fanfic, Aftermath, If Nothing Changes. Chapter 8 Mitchell jerked awake suddenly. He flicked the covers back off his bed, welcoming the cool air from the partly open window on his bare chest and stomach. There was still a small, reddish-brown scar near his right collarbone, but even that would be gone in a day's time. The memories of how it got there, and more importantly, how it was erased, would never leave him. He'd dreamt about Josie, but not as she was just yesterday, but at the time they had dated— with her bright, soulful eyes, beautiful, long, dark hair, and a smile that had effortlessly charmed the most charming of vampires into submission. The detail that the dream came with was startling, full color and as clear as the day the memory was made. But it had turned dark. Josie had become a redhead thanks to his imagination, and as he slept, he knew where this would lead. The red-headed woman with Josie's perfect face succumbed to him, He bowed his head and fed from her, but not gently. In his hatred for the woman, he tore her throat out as he did when the dream descended into a nightmare. As he set to work dismembering her, he woke. Mitchell shook his head to dislodge the persistent images. He needed company to drive them away. He slid out of bed and wriggled his toes on the cold floor. Clad only in boxers, the cold air raised the hairs on his body. He reached down and grasped his discarded jeans, pulling them on. He had spilt a little milk on his T-shirt at breakfast, something George had immediately pointed out, much to Annie's amusement. He selected a shirt from the pile of ironed but not yet put away garments and slid that on before raiding his messy underwear drawer for socks. He had, this time at least, put his dirty socks in the linen basket inside the door of the bathroom. He didn't want a repeat of that debate caused by his failure to do so last time. George had had a bit of a screech about it, because Mitchell brought down an armful of washing just after he'd finished. It always amused him, the wide array of things that really got on George's nerves. Mitchell grinned at the thought as he pulled on his black socks, slipped on his boots, and idly toyed with the idea that he should take his washing out of the basket after all. The nightmare was beginning to fade, thankfully, but good company was still foremost in his thoughts. After coffee... As he padded downstairs, Mitchell could hear voices talking. The female one was obviously Annie, but the male one was definitely not George. The tone was too low and almost musical. He'd heard that voice recently, but couldn't quite place it. 
As he entered the open-plan living room, he saw Annie sitting on the couch with a dark-skinned man and smiled, hiding his confusion. Michael? The ghost turned and smiled. Hello, John. Michael stood and held out a hand. Mitchell shook it. Hi again. What are you doing here? He realized immediately that this sounded impolite. Sorry, I meant that it's a bit of a surprise, you being here. How'd you find us? Michael looked pleased with himself. It's not difficult to find you two, and I wanted to thank you for earlier. It meant a lot. You're welcome, though I'm not sure what we did. Mitchell indicated for Michael to sit down. The ghost complied and sat back on the couch, arms spread over the back of the couch with one ankle brought up to rest on his knee, making Mitchell have to sit on the chair opposite. In the denim jeans and jacket and plain white t-shirt beneath, he looked every inch a James Dean clone and a little different to how he'd appeared in the hospital canteen earlier. Michael was almost touching Annie's shoulders with one hand until she leaned forward to talk across the gap between her and her housemate. Michael was just saying that until he met us this morning, he didn't know he was dead, and he'd heard about a ghost and a vampire that lived together from some friends, but he hadn't been able to find us, Annie gushed. So that sounds like you didn't just happen across us at the hospital, Mitchell commented, wondering why there was no mention of a werewolf in the list. That should have been more surprising than a vampire and a ghost, especially since, at the hospital, he had clearly said others had mentioned him, Mitchell, and his companions. Not companion. This made him suspicious. I've been wandering for a long time, I suppose, but you made me realize why I was so lost, but drawn to people who I knew really weren't people. Well, no, not that. I mean, who... I knew they were different. You two sort of showed me that kindness exists as well as, well, the other stuff. He flicked his gaze subtly to Annie, who seemed quite taken with this new spirit already. Maybe it was the cool factor that was drawing her attention. For some reason, Mitchell was getting an odd feeling about this whole situation. Michael's excuses weren't ringing true. Give me a minute. I need a coffee. Annie, will you get the milk, please? Mitchell stood up and headed to the kitchen. Excuse me a minute, Annie apologized as she tagged along. Once in the kitchen, Mitchell turned to face Annie, hidden from Michael's sight near the fridge. He had already noticed that it was growing dark out. He'd slept for quite a long time today, it seemed. Mitchell? Annie was standing near to him, close enough to touch. She, too, was hidden behind the fridge. Mitchell, is something wrong? She was whispering as she peeped back through the archway. Michael was still stretched out, as comfortable as you like, looking around the room from the sofa. The vampire shook his head, also lowering his voice. I don't know. Something's not ringing true about him. Annie looked back. In what way? Mitchell paused. Nothing I can put my finger on. It just feels like he's not telling the truth. He touched Annie's upper arm. You like him? Annie bit her lip. A little, yes. Just be careful, he replied, turning to switch on the kettle. Need any help? Michael asked, poking his head through the hatch into the kitchen. Smooth as you like, Mitchell looked up and smiled. Annie had seen this sudden switch from one emotion to another before, the sliding on of another mask to hide what was happening. He'd learned this over the years, she assumed. Nah, we're good. 
It's just, Annie's got this habit. She makes loads of tea and coffee and then hides the milk. He laughed good-naturedly and winked at her. Annie smiled, but it was cooler than before. She was torn between her attraction to Michael and her trust in Mitchell. We'll only be a couple of minutes, Mitchell added, grabbing the coffee jar and a spoon from the pot by the kettle. Michael nodded and then withdrew after allowing himself a lingering look at Annie. He instead moved to the cabinet behind the door and began nosing through their combined CD collection, which was, in a word, eclectic. Mitchell, standing by the kettle as it began to bubble, watched from the corner of his eye as the ghost began removing random cases, looking at the song lists on the reverse, then putting them back in different slots. That was going to drive George mad when he saw it. It could be quite entertaining. Annie fetched the milk from the fridge, but before she could put the carton on the counter, there came the rattling sound of a key in the door. George entered quickly, shutting and locking the door behind him. He looked stressed and pale. Michael, standing to his left, stepped towards the kitchen while turning his CD case over in his hands. Before Mitchell could shout a warning, George turned quickly and walked right through Michael. The CD case clattered to the floor, startling the werewolf. Michael looked stunned, too. Wow, must have lost solidity for a moment, the ghost mused as he bent down to pick up the case. At the very same time, George also bent down and closed his fingers around the corner of the case. He shivered violently, but clearly couldn't see the hand overlaying his own. George lifted the CD and put it back in an empty slot. In fact, Mitchell realized, it wasn't just George. Very obviously, neither could see the other, considering the momentary bemused look on Michael's face at the floating CD. "'Y'all right, George?' Mitchell called, concerned. "'Yeah,' George replied, and hurried up the stairs without so much as removing his coat. The tone was dull and not at all convincing. Mitchell and Annie shared a look. "'You have doors and music that move on their own? "'You two are fascinating,' Michael grinned, unfazed. "'Never seen the likes.' "'That was weird,' Annie whispered in Mitchell's ear. "'Will you make the brew and look after him?' "'I'm going to see what's wrong with George,' Mitchell whispered back, looking worried and hurrying out of the kitchen and up the stairs. A Cowboy on the Run to Keep His Soul A Vampire Running a Nigerian Investor Scam A Wolf Racing to the Mountaintop Before a Dragon Can Catch and Kill Him A Human protecting one of the aliens he fought in war from his old army buddy. Meet these and other heroes and villains in Serving Worlds, the genre-blending podcast fiction collection by John Miro. For more information, visit johnmiro.com. That's J-O-H-N-M-I-E-R-A-U dot com. Weekly episodes are 20 minutes or less, but beware... There be cliffhangers here. And that's our fanfic episode this week. As I've mentioned before, we'll be putting out a fanfic episode every other week, so watch out for Chapter 9 in two weeks. In the meantime, take care, and thanks for listening. As always, if you have any comments or questions for us, please feel free to leave a comment on the site or email us at feedback at beinghumancast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Have a good one! We'll see you later. Okay. I'll see you later, guys. 
Being Human Cast is a non-profit podcast. Being Human is owned by the BBC and Touchpaper. No copyright infringement is intended. Music used is from Podsafe Audio. You can contact us at feedback at beinghumancast.com or via our website, www.beinghumancast.com. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we'll be here. We'll see you later.